Next, we turn to the scripture. The scripture reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 to 26. Let me read for this. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where should the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentation, uh, present, presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the whole body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, each part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Next, we invite uh, Reverend Lenita uh, to preach the Word of God to us this morning. Together, we grow. Thank you very much, Reverend Gabriel. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, blessed New Year. As we have, uh, the other pastors have uh, reminded, us, reminded us, this is the first Sunday of the year. And as you begin the new year, what's your first thought? What is foremost in your mind? What's your hope for the new year? Do we hope that the mask can be removed? That we can recognize each other? We haven't seen, well, on Zoom we have, we have seen the faces. Do we hope that the church will be filled up and things would be as the way we used uh, to be? My dear brothers and sisters, as we moved into the new year, of course the first thought on our mind is the pandemic that is all around us. If you would remember, at the end of 2019, as we were just about to begin to celebrate that the uh, so so much hype about 2020, we hear news of the outbreak in China. And then by 2020, when we were celebrating Chinese New Year, we hear the news about the cases in Singapore. And then in March, the MCO started. And for the last two years, this is our life. But the fact that we can be here this morning, worshipping God, the fact that those of you who are at home are able to still worship God together reminds us how far we have come, hasn't it? The last two years, difficult though it had been, 
had also been a time of growth, adjustment, new ministries, new ways of doing things, and even growth in our own spiritual lives. And so as we look back, we're very, very thankful to God. Many of us would remember our Christmas Eve, our Christmas Day, and even our watch night services. The Lord gave us opportunity to continue to worship Him. And for that, we are thankful. And so as we begin the new year, you all know tomorrow we're supposed to go into phase four. What is it going to be like? We really don't know. Many, many things about tomorrow. We're very uncertain. How's Chinese New Year this year going to be like? We don't know. I'm reminded of the hymn that many of us love, I don't know about tomorrow, right? But in the chorus, what does it say? But I know who holds tomorrow. And so if you remember, Pastor Finson on Watch Night Service reminded us so many things we do not know. But one thing that we are certain of, and that's the sovereignty of our God. And so as we step into the new year, my dear brothers and sisters, as we turn to God's word, this very familiar passage about the church being the body of Christ, let's continue to look to God for his guidance as we step into the new year. Let us pray. Father, we want to give thanks to you, God, for life itself, for the fact that, God, your love surrounds us, your love is in us, your love binds us. And so this morning, the fact that we can, for some of us, can be here in the sanctuary and others, we can worship you at home. We're thankful. You continue to be the amazing God who amazes us by your abundant, overflowing love and grace. And so this morning as we worship you together, as we turn to your word, Lord, we ask that you open our hearts to you. Remind us, God, of your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul is the one who constantly called the church the body of Christ. And so here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we know the church in Corinth is very divided. And so here he reminded them in chapter 12 that the church is the body of Christ, with Christ as the head. And so he compares the church with the body. And so it begins in verse 12. The first portion, we look at verse 12 to verse 20. He seems to elaborate a little bit. Okay, He says, the foot cannot say it's because I'm not the hand. Or the ear cannot say because I'm not the eye. Of course we know that. Why did Paul have to emphasize that? Because he wants to show us the body parts are all different. The hand, the foot, the eye, the ear. And then of course he talks about smelling the nose. And so it's a very, very basic thing, isn't it? Of course, we know the body parts are all different. But as we look at it, Paul wants to remind us again that your body parts are all different, and so the church would be different. 
Not just the church, especially if we think about our families. Some of us, if we compare ourselves with our siblings, we know that we're so different. My elder sister came for Christmas and we took uh, some photo together and I shared with some friends. And the friends come in and say, you look so much like your sister. I said, we don't only look alike, we sound alike. So if she calls you, you may be mistaken that it's me. But that's it. We look alike, we sound alike, but our personalities are so different. And so what more in the church? We're all different. As much as the body parts are different, the church is made up of different people. But yet the hands and the feet must appreciate the different roles that each one of us have to function. The hands must appreciate that the feet does the walking, does the balancing. The feet must appreciate that the hands are the uh, hands that would take the food and feed the body. Paul reminds us it is God who put the different body parts together. Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If God had wanted all the body parts to be alike, he can't do it. It's his idea that we're all different. And so when we talk about we, we need to remember that each part is different, but then all are part of one body. And so as we look into the English Bible, all right, English language, you know, singular, plural, it's all very, very specific. Why do we not say you, 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 and you? We say we. The very fact that we use the word pronoun we, we know that there are many, but yet we are one. And so it's the same in the Greek original Bible. The words that are used between singular and plural is there. Many of us will remember years ago when we first had the smartphone and the, you have a camera on it and we're able to take selfie, right? Because you can turn the camera and you look at yourself. There's something new, isn't it? Something of the 21st century, selfie. And then from selfie, what happened? We have Wi-Fi, right? It's we. Why can't we take the three selfies and then put it together? Why must it be a Wi-Fi to see that the group, you know, you're always trying. Wi-Fi is very hard to take because you try to fit everybody into the little frame. The fact that we use we should always remind us of the different parts and yet one. This may be very basic. You may think that it is very basic. But I want to point out to you that this idea of we, this idea of community, this idea of one body, is God's idea even right at the beginning of the Bible. In the Old Testament, again and again, in the laws, in the history, we see God reminding the people that they are one. They are one family. And I chose this from this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 15. This is talking about debts. You have to pay your debt, right? You borrow, you pay. But here in chapter 15, 
God emphasized that after seven years, every creditor must cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. The fellow Israelite is not your biological family, but just because he is a fellow Israelite, you're supposed to cancel the debt and not require payment. That's to the other extreme, isn't it? And so many, many laws in the Old Testament talks about the collective we. And then, of course, the story that Jesus told. Again, the stories of Jesus, the parables, the teaching. Many, many times the emphasis on community, on we. I chose this, Matthew 25. When Jesus said, if you do this to the least of your brothers, you're doing it to me. And the emphasis is the least of your brothers. And then, of course, a passage that we're very familiar with, uh, uh, James. All right, James says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. You don't just say, go in peace. You take care of the needs of that brother or sister. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, the idea of we, the idea of community, the idea of one body is all there in our Bible. It's part of our Christian heritage and doctrine. And so in the past two years with all the SOP, it's actually emphasized, isn't it? In the past, you can say, I do what I want to do. That's it. I have the freedom of choice. But in the past two years, with this SOP, what you do would affect me. You don't wear your mask, you're putting me at risk. I don't wear my mask, I'm putting someone else at risk. The things that we're required to do is not just for ourselves, but for people around us, sanitizing, social distancing, scanning in, checking out. All of this reminds us of our social responsibility. I am no longer thinking about me, mine, and myself. But the problem with the world's value, when you were young, as you grow older, when you became a teenager, what was the most important thing that your parents want you to learn? Or when you leave home to go for studies, to live in a different city, different town, going to college, what's the thing that your parents want you to learn? To be independent, to be self-sufficient, to be self-reliant. You need to do things for yourself. And then we go on. And so we take pride, isn't it? The world's value of self. I'm able to take care of myself. I'm able to do things by myself. Self is so much highlighted. We forgot the we. And so for many of us today, we is not as much a concern as I. And so even in this pandemic, uh, just last week, the Director General of uh, World Health Organization, he has this to say as he looked ahead into the year 2022. He said the most acute form of the, virus, of the pandemic is probably coming to a, 
uh, a downturn, and yet he issues a warning. He said it is time to rise above short-term nationalism to protect populations and economy. At this moment, all the different nations are more concerned about our own economy, our own population. Every country takes care of their own. And so, popular, populism and hounding, uh, a hoarding of health tools, including mass therapeutics, diagnostics and vaccines by a small number of countries undermined equity and created the ideal conditions for the emergence of new variants. We're already seeing it, isn't it? And so he issued a request to all the leaders of the different nations. He said there should be a new accord among nations, that there should be a key pillar of a world better prepared to deal with the next disease. And he said he hopes to see negotiations and sharing of resources. As I read that, I was thinking about him. I said, go read your history. Throughout history, since when has nation shared resources? If you think about technology, is it evenly distributed among the nations of the world? You think about more basic things, food, we always say a few countries are stuffed and a few countries are starving. What about education? What about healthcare? Or what about defense? Resources, what have you? So the world standard is not we, the world standard is I, me and mine. And so we see that again so clearly in this pandemic, the difference between we and I. And so what about the church? The last two years, the Lord has taught us the importance of we, the importance of not just thinking of myself, but to think of others. Yes, this is our Christian doctrine, our Christian heritage, but many of us have forgotten. And so today is a good reminder as we come and celebrate Holy Communion, you would remember when we had one loaf and we break the loaf and then we say, from one loaf we are, we, from one loaf of bread reminds us of the unity. Of course, today with the pandemic, it's all very different, even the way that we're doing communion is so different. But yet, the liturgy would remind us Make us, make them, make the bread and the cup, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ. And then, by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to the world, until Christ comes. And so, as we begin the year, we want to be reminded of the word we. And then the second part of this passage that Paul talks about, he moved on to a deeper level. Not just that the, the parts are different, but the need for the parts to work together. 
And so again, you see, he says that you look at the different parts. The eyes cannot say, I have no need of you. I have no need of you. Cannot say that. Instead, he says that the weaker parts, the less honourable part, the unpresentable parts, how we need to take care of them. Again, you see, all this can just be used in one sentence, but Paul mentioned it three times in three different ways. Weaker, less honourable, unpresentable. And then, how are we to treat this? The weaker ones are indispensable. Those less honourable must be given special honour. And those unpresentable ones must be given special modesty. And so then, he says, uh, uh, Paul goes on to say, God has put the body together, um, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division. This was said to the Corinthian church, because many are gifted, more gifted than others. And so those with more gifts would then be able to brag themselves, brag about themselves. Those who are less gifted would then be set aside. And so Paul reminds us that, yes, we are different, but we are one. And not only are we one, the word together, working together, must be emphasized. The fact that we are working together reminds us of our common goal. What's the goal? What's our common goal as a church? To tell the world about Jesus Christ. And we tell the world about Christ through our worship, through our witness, through our loving deeds. Yes, in the past two years, we have been able to continue to do that, to tell the world about Christ. Through our worship, worship has taken on a different form, isn't it? The essence of worship is still there, but the form is different. And then in our witness, in our witnessing, we can't go door to door, face to face anymore. But that has not stopped us witnessing, right? We now witness digitally. Or for some of us, we witness at the coffee shop. Again, the essence and the function has not changed. Only the form. As we do our loving deeds to tell others about Jesus Christ is the same. And so today, as we gather for Holy Communion, yes, you can see the liturgies, you can see the preacher, and then you can see the pianist. We saw the choir there online. But there are many who are serving. There are many who are still parts of the body that we don't see. Someone prepared Holy Communion. We don't know who. But we have the elements with us. The multimedia team. The PAPC coordinators. They're all there. They're all part of the body. Yes, we're different but we are one. Not only are we one, we need to function together as a body. And finally, together as we grow, we need to remember 
that the head of the body is Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, Paul writes, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow. When the body remember, the body parts remember that we are one, when we work together, growth is a guaranteed result. And so he says we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and built itself up in love as each part does its work. It's God's idea to put the body together and then the parts are different. But if we learn to work together, then growth is the result. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, as we step into the new year, many things we do not know. But we know the certainty and the sovereignty of our God. And so we can say with great assurance that together we want to grow. We, the collective body, not just I, I, you, you, but together we will grow. Let me end with this story that there was a Christian, a, a, a village full of Christians. And so they have a village church where they gather for worship, they meet together in small groups to study the Bible. But one day, some attackers came and they destroyed the church. They destroyed the village church, destroyed it, burned all the things in there, and even killed the pastor. And then the raiders raided each home, took away the Bibles, the crosses, the hymn books, anything related to the Christian faith, took them out, burnt them in the middle of the village. And then the leader of the group then proudly said to the villagers, we've destroyed your church, you can't worship anymore. We've taken away, we've destroyed everything related to your faith that you can't worship anymore. Then one of the villagers answered, yes, you've destroyed our church, we can't meet anymore on Sunday for worship. Yes, we do not have our Bibles and our hymnals and so we can't meet in small groups to do our studies and to encourage one another. But as long as we look up to the sky, when we see the sun, the moon and the stars, we will remember our Creator God and we can worship. The sun the warmth from the sun will remind us of the warmth of his love. The moon in the night will help us to still see in the dark. And when we see stars, we will be reminded of the star of Bethlehem. You can take away all the externals, but you can't take away our faith. Is that us? My prayer is that despite the pandemic, despite the uncertainty of the days ahead, as long as we can look up to the sky 
and see the sun, the moon and the stars, we'll be reminded of our God. And this morning as we celebrate Holy Communion together, we're doing it again very differently, we'll be reminded of the love of Jesus Christ for all of us.